0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of The Scuttle. We are going into week 10. Uh, The league right now is at an all-time high in terms of competitiveness, aggressiveness, my team is the bestness, and all of the above. Uh, This week we have Mr. Alex Gertz on the pod. Um, He has solidified himself as a top three owner this year, Um, the bad boy of the league and always willing to give his opinion, especially when trades start flying. So with that, we will hop into it, and this is the scuttle.
1: Fixed against Grossman and two fumbles. What do you see about the Bears uh, We shut them down that way? No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like as bull- we played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
0: And as he exits, Alex Gertz, how are we doing? Hey, buddy. We're doing well. How are you? I think that is the best way to describe the manipulative man. <laughs> I have never, I've honestly never seen that before. So that is that is true gold to truly represent what Alec Ramoli means to this fantasy league right now. Absolutely, I um, I had, I was just thinking about the manipulation I've seen, and I thought that NFL soundbite just fit perfectly with what we're seeing. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I really did. Uh, I think I think we can just jump into the life update, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Last couple of weeks have been a tough couple ones just because
1: work stuff has had me travel out to California, and then I got to celebrate the end of the trip with the Root Canal, which is, has had some infections You're and an stuff. adult, so, yeah. yeah, yep. And, just, you know, I had some infections, I've been able to use the right side of my mouth, waking up in pain, but um, I'm sitting in my bed with a beer, and I'm watching the Chargers and the Raiders, so I really can't complain. Um. And then the last little tidbit is: I just bought tickets. Everyone's going to laugh, but I'm, I'm a Bengals fan, true and true. To Bengals Patriots, December fifteenth. Um, what? You're going back to Ohio yep. for it? Going to Cincinnati for it. Um, you know, I have it on good authority that it's going to be a real nail biter. I think we're going to give Timmy <laughs> Brady a run for his money. I um, need to know how much for tickets. Um, they're they're about seventy-seven bucks after taxes and everything. Um, not horrible. Um, not to see the, the level of quality
0: that Tom Brady brings to the field. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, for comparison, the Dolphins game you can get in for about eight bucks. I'm not kidding. So that's true. Um, you know, that's what Timmy Brady does. But yeah, I'm excited. My girlfriend Maeve is a she's from up there in the oh, north. Yeah. East, so she's a she's a diehard Pat's fan, which is gross, but um, also understanding for where she's from. Um, and she loves to watch them. So we're gonna go. And her bold prediction is. Gronky will be playing again by then which I told her is nonsense but who knows
0: I was listening to him he went on part my take and he's done his rounds on a lot of podcasts and media and Mm -hmm. it you can't get a read on that guy you really can't I don't really have an opinion on it more than that other than it wouldn't surprise me if he came back week 16 and it also wouldn't surprise me if he never played again like that's just where I sit with it I think he's Gronk so he, he likes to troll people too, so you take everything he says with a grain of salt, but Yeah, until yeah, the fucking shows up on the field week sixteen for real. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, man, that's pretty much it. It's good um, to hear you're doing well. Yeah. You're uh you're getting ready for the winter in Chicago, I presume?
1: Yep, yep. It snowed two inches on uh, on Halloween, so we're all we're all ready for the winter here. Very excited
0: about it. Oh my god. Not about yeah. that. Yep, it was kind of silly, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, now that you have the first snow out of the way, it's like, alright, get over the hump, like, it's done, like, it's it's winter, fuck it, we're here. Yep. Alright, well, welcome okay. to winter. Uh, I mean, the nice thing to kind of comfort you through the winter is, uh, how does it feel to be on top? Um, I
1: wouldn't say I'm necessarily on top, man. There's there's a few really good teams this year, but um, it, it is... It's been a while since I've had one of the arguably the best three teams in the league, even though I talk like it every year that I do. So um, I'm really excited to be there. I love watching my team perform, and it's fun to watch really talented players play well each Sunday. So um, nice. we're to be done. I'm finally done. I think my team's at where I like it, and we're all set up for the playoff. push. So we're excited.
0: Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't condone any of that um, aggressiveness on your team, but I will say – that you do have a great team. Uh, I I would. W- we'll get into it a little later, but I your team just it's one since the beginning of this year. It's a team that I'd never wanted to see, and there's pretty much just you and Chris in that category in my mind in terms of teams that any week, no matter what week, I don't want to see. Right. But other than that, I mean, it, it, we can just kind of move forward because I, I mean. It's, it's good to talk about on top, but I think obviously we have some more pressing issues to talk about before we do. I mean, move,
1: yeah, we could do a separate podcast, just me talking about my team. It could be three hours long.
0: So we <laughs> <just, laughs> might yeah, as well just move we on. need that. You might as well put that in your spank bag for later. But, Lamar Lamar Jackson's the truth, though, and no one can deny that. I mean, it's insane that uh, he gets running back one value every every week, <laughs> and then like if he passes for a touchdown, it's just like, all right, cool.
1: Yep. That's fun.
0: Um, and I think the next topic I want to cover is is not I don't want to hammer it too much, but there's been some controversy in the group me over my team value charts <laughs> going around. Um, so I just wanted to put some some language on the pod for everyone. Um, first of all, Joe, it's ridiculous that you say it doesn't matter at all in St. for Spears because it does um but it's with a massive grain of salt so the my opinion on this is that it's just an indicator and as a now fellow content provider for the league when it's a little slow on tuesday wednesdays i kind of want to give somebody a tidbit uh you know something to look at something like just another stat um it doesn't mean shit just like points for and things like that but it does have an indication on how i think your team's going to perform from here on out um the, the valuation is solely based on how those players are gonna perform moving forward, including valuing in their bye weeks and things like that. So it's really just a number calculated to, to determine what the value of that player is moving forward. But Chris had a good point, it does fluctuate a lot. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a very interesting metric and I've, as a numbers guy, I've been really kind of interested to learn how to value teams and players and this is one that I've found to be really effective. Um, and, and I will go hot take and say that I think Joe's team is going to perform where it is on that chart, even though he says it's a bunch of bullshit. I think that um, the way that he's positioned his team moving forward, he's going to be a mediocre team from here on out. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna happen like not at all like I could be wrong and so can anyone else So that's my two cents Girls. What do you think? I know you like to see your team on the top So what do you think about it? Yeah,
1: I mean I mean good teams are gonna be on the top um, I like I think it's an a, a just another nice little piece of information and content to consume everything like like anything hardly you take it with a grain of salt, but it's um, interesting to see how the the numbers fluctuate after a trade it's interesting to see how I liked hearing the input of the, the way the values indicated. Um, so I think it's fun. I mean, people just react with emotions, and there's not a lot of logic here, which when there is too much logic, we get back to talking to, like, Joe and Fez, and orders are stored. But, I mean, Joe's upset because it just points out the glaringly obvious from points forced – or, sorry, sorry, from the way he's managed his team that it's just not a good team. So – um he's been trying trying to dump Devontae Freeman and Hopkins since like week three. So he finally was able to do it. So I hope he's happy with that.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that. And I think the last thing yeah. is there, the other metric is I take into consideration every player that you have. What this does is it truly values the depth of your team. Right. But depth doesn't matter as much once you're in the playoffs. I mean, if your key player goes down, you're kind of fucked anyway. So um, you know, you could have four players on your bench that are valuable and they don't see the field, like metaphorically, the field during the week. But, you know, the better metric would be of your starter. So, you know, of the position. But that's a calculation I don't want to do. I'm not going into that much depth. What it just does is the total valuation of your entire team. So if you do have a lot of bench players that are valuable, it's going to inflate the value of your team. But um, especially as we're like a little bit over halfway through the year, it's still a good metric to use, especially with depth. So that's all I got. And I think that um, – the, the chart also goes to show what happens when you trade-rape and Dan Slusher starts moving his way to the top, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. We don't need to talk about that till maybe 10 years from now. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I cover I covered my two topics. I think the other one is Lev Belgertz. I think he did well last week on an easy matchup, but he didn't do great. There was a rumor that he was out at the clubs till 2 a.m. the night before the game, um, and Lev Bell could easily be one of those targets where the Jets just start imploding and Lev Bell is only getting you sealing 16 points a game. I, I, I'm i not saying it's going to happen, but of what you received back, how Ertz started popping off and Julio's Julio, what's your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean, don't forget David Montgomery in there either. Dude, that the, makes the, me the sick. Two,
0: the two weeks
1: I've had. So I'll, I'll take you through it is when Bill approached me with that trade, I wanted – do it that week because I thought Montgomery was going to be the squeaky wheel. They got called out in Chicago. I heard about it all week here. Seven rushes in one game is ridiculous. Yeah, and Nagy came so out and Nagy, said Nagy he's going to over the, Yeah, Nagy took over the play calling, so I thought he's going to get 25 carries. Whether or not he's good with them, we'll see. But, yeah, the trades obviously worked out really, really well for me. I really you guys can see from my trade earlier with Tom I really want to love Bell back. I like the idea of his schedule. And if his schedule is something that I was able to Use as a value to trade again because I already have Dalvin and Zeke. I want to do that too. So yeah, he's just um, a valuable just, asset all around. Yeah, he's just a he's a he's a very good running back on a with a good schedule. So it's yeah, it's worked out for me. I mean, I think there's a lot of can, just a lot of um, moving pieces with Lebelle right now. He he had an MRI, he missed practice, but um, they're not worried at all. The the running back signing is um, completely. They said they were
0: just using that to block. That was some the, bullshit um, too. Like you're using it to block the doll like are you dude, mm-hmm. that you're fully fighting in the mud at that point. Like you're yeah, just, they're just that what bored. are you doing? It's Like watching Bill and Yeah, it's like watching Bill and Alec play like week three when they were
1: both putting up like sixty points. Oh God. God playing the good in the mud days
0: when Alec was putting up sixty points.
1: Yeah, but um yeah, I mean I'm done like I said, I'm done trading. I think my team's set and um, I think LeBell will be will be just fine for the rest of the year. So Bill doesn't. It doesn't look great now because of Ertz and Montgomery, but I think LeBell will start to produce for him.
0: Yeah, a lot of things did go your way. If I had to add a little bit more on that, in terms of like Deshaun Jackson being hurt, I think helps Ertz a lot. Still, um, you know, Alshon is going to only play every two out of every three games because he always gets hurt. So Ertz is just right. one of those guys that it just looks like he never really gets hit. He never – I think he had a concussion last year, but I I don't even remember. But good on you, mate. Um, Other than that, I think the Bengals-Pats, is there anything else you want to touch on kind of going to the game or what? What do you think – what's going on with AJ? Like what's going on at Bengals camp, man? All right, so if the Bengals were –
1: if the Bengals were 5-3 right now, AJ Green would be – definitely playing this week he probably would have played last week um he practiced on tuesday he practiced yeah his ankle his ankle did not receive that practice well interesting the practice well today it flared up swelled up and he's saying i'm not going out there until i'm fully confident because of what happened last year with yes it was a different foot and a different injury but same concept he rushed back didn't feel 100 and had a serious injury so he's waiting oh hunter henry just he caught a touchdown for you he didn't did he really yeah no he didn't like a little two yarder um i don't have it up. that's man. someone i was horribly wrong on i dude i'll, I'll give you a public apology later for that but, no um, not later on the pot i have it as one of my <laughs> topics fuck that <laughs> um but yeah no i mean a.j green is just he's just not going to come back to he's healthy we're and a we're, we're just a sad sad story so it's fine um but i wanted to talk about i wanted to put a little blurb about the nba for those of you who are casual fans um this year, the NBA is going to be, it's going to be like a soapbox. It's a Kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of like, um, shameless entertainment, similar to like girlfriends or wives watching TLC shows or, or silly crime, reading crime novels or something. Um, it's just a soapbox and it's going to be incredibly competitive around playoff time. It's going to be fun to watch the playoffs. Um, and I just encourage you all to take an interest in it. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a very, very entertaining league this year. There's already drama with the, the China and the U.S. relations about one of the GMs tweeting his pro-democracy yeah um, pro-democracy statement in Hong Kong, which raised a lot of flags because China is the biggest market um, for the NBA growth in the future. So that's uh, always about money versus freedom speech, which was really interesting. Thanks, but That's my little
0: blurb. It's um, just going to be a really fun league this year. It's
1: going to be very very
0: competitive. Yeah, and. and- I mean, the the um, Embiid and Cat fight was already, like, holy shit. Yep. 13, like, it's just starting. And, and it's just starting. And I loved how the – I saw a tweet where it was, like, two videos, and one was Embiid saying, like, I'm done trash talking. I'll let the results speak. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, like – that was at the end of last year, and then the beginning of this year, he's already just going after it. Yeah. yeah. All the trades. I mean, the trade drama was insane. Um, yeah, it's
1: just fun. It's just a entertaining league, and it's a very progressive league, in how it progressively and how it treats its players, and how it interacts with its fans. So they do a really good job. It's just a it's a well run league.
0: Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what comes out with that because uh, last year all that shit about people touching players and like the Utah Jazz guy yelling it's not at someone. People,
1: it's rich white men who own the team courtside that think they can do whatever they want. So.
0: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes because it is the most, to me, the most engaging in terms of like how close you can get to players. And even like an NBA game, you feel like you're close even at the top. It's kind of like hockey where there's really not a yeah. bad seat in the arena. But then like you go to an NFL game, if you play like – I went to Ford Field and I watched – Kansas Davidson, with Steph Curry, was playing, and I had to have binoculars to watch because I was so far away. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just right. one of those where, like, the NFL just can't really compare because they just have such big stadiums. But, yeah. 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 I, I'll, I'll plug it because uh, it's a gambler's dream. The NBA has some really fun lines in it. Um, that's how I got into it, honestly. I, I started. Uh, my tactic was. Oh, Ian, I didn't know you gambled. My I'm tactic thinking. was if. The Rockets or the Warriors, and this was last year, beginning of last year, the Rockets or Warriors were ever down 10-plus points in the second hammer, half or hammer later. The live, oh, the, hammer live, the money uh, line. line. The money line was always <laughs> like plus 300, plus 400. It's like, dude, you're just two or three Steph Curry threes away from being back in the game. Like it's, right. it, was, it was amazing. I had a really hot run, um, and I will always be fond of the NBA because of that. Um, I love it. All right, so enough enough of basketball. Um, sure. Here we go. So I wish I could almost play some intro music for this, but I you... can do a little monologue if you want. I just craft it up here in the old
1: noggin. Okay, well, I'll, I'll
0: preface it with we had another pretty trade heavy three three trades again, just like last time. The other ones in my mind were a little bit crazier, but these are still pretty gnarly. So Gertz, what do we have?
1: Yeah, so I think you saw the title of the pod, everyone, it was The Miniature Manipulative Man. Um, it's not hard to crack that code if we were talking about Alec Um I can draw some comparisons towards his manipulation towards a, no- a very widely known bad, bad man, Netflix special, um, Ted Bundy. Um, some of you <laughs> watch the Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy tapes. I'm not c- comparing Alec in how he treats us or acts as the equivalent of Ted Bundy. I'm saying the manipulation is something you have to watch out for. It's how Ted Bundy got away with all his crimes. It's how he was able to do what he did for as long as he did and as effectively as he did. He's the um, nice, fun-loving
0: com- guy who no one yep, suspects. Yep. Com-
1: so compare his manipulation and how he's able to get away with things to the way he, this little tyrant manipulates our league. Um, apparently we need more heavy literature. I will, I will supply that in the office. <laughs> but I'm just very, very worried about what's happened this week and has continued to happen over the last three weeks. I'm scared for my friends. So that's why we're doing this.
0: Well, this – so before we even get into the trades, I I do want to talk about Alex strategy and how he was in my mind a bottom four team. And in three weeks, he made such great waiver wire additions, preyed on the weak teams, traded them 50-50 at best shots at those players. Like a Ty Johnson who is not panning out to what he was traded for. But, you know, you need a cash grab if you were Tom at that time. So you cash grab. And what does Alec do? Instead of cash grabbing, he takes the actual player that has previous data behind it to understand that this player will provide value, even if Ty Johnson has a higher ceiling. Alec didn't go for that. He went for the valuable asset that he knew was safe. He bought the waiver wire, traded the trash, and everything he's traded has turned to shit. And then he's sitting with, not a gold mine, but pretty fucking good players. And then he compounds and compounds. And then he does this trade this week that's just like fucking mind-blowing. So it's just, it's one of those things where Alec doesn't do big trades until the very end. Like he did with me, but I still will stick by that last year. But that's his, the same move. And he did the same thing where he does small, 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 and then one big trade and it's over. And he did another big trade, but I still am just on the fact that I was so against his fab bucks approach and it it just it worked it he picked up and now he has ronald jones who i who i think will do well but we'll go right into the trade alex mr romali receives amari cooper larry fitzgerald and danny Amendola. inc receives obj jamal williams and curtis samuel yeah
1: yeah, I mean I I saw it flash across my screen and I just saw the first player listed. It doesn't I don't know who it was, but you can tell by the first player who's involved in the trade. And the first player I saw was a little man's player. So anytime I see that I already I'm already upset before I even read the yeah. like reading the headline and not the article. You're just really upset from, from the three words you saw. And um I saw that he was involuntary with Inky and let's just throw out our friend's um we don't need, in this in this analysis, I don't think we need Curtis Samuel. And I don't think we need um, Fitzy. Like, we don't. Curtis Samuel, maybe you start him if you're on a bunch of buy I'm higher on you'd... Fitzy than
0: Danny Amendola, honestly.
1: Or, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, Amendola, okay. get him out of there. Amendola, yeah. I dropped him, like the trash he is. He, Ian Kyle, smart smart Ian Kyle, picked him up, and he almost, he got like four points against me. It was funny. But, um, <laughs> call, it, call it as Amari in 50 for... Ob- obj and jamal williams so let's start with the browns because this is a whole a whole nother thing is the browns are led by a very very large and neptimoron, freddy kitchens,
0: kitchens he's like, is so bad is a
1: great i call him the great value andy reed he's overweight he has a giant <laughs> play sheet menu in front of him but he's like the off-brand version that you think you're getting the same value, but you're you're really just saving and not having any quality at all. Dude, so, yeah,
0: I wouldn't even go great value. I'd go like dollar store. Like you're going. He like, is just lost. <laughs> he's absolutely lost. Baker Mayfield is
1: is showing his colors right now. Um, I put that I on the O line. I truly, truly yep.
0: do. I'll interrupt you there. Like. Bad O-lines make great quarterbacks look bad. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, Baker Mayfield is, like, can't even complete a five-step drop, like, before he's already out of the pocket. Like, the yep. O-line is so atrocious. And that team focused on everything else but that O-line. And it's, it's so clearly showing. Like, OBJ doesn't even have time to get open. He doesn't even have, like... I don't know. Baker's, Baker's shook. He's not looking good. I'll tell. I'll say that. Yeah. So, I just had
1: a. I I just... It's, the Odell Beckham is the name. So, if you can just look past the name for a second and realize what he's done, which is only be a top 12 receiver twice in the nine weeks he's played. One of those weeks was he caught an 89-yard slant, which is what he can do. That's against what, the that's Jets, I think, of, right? That's what he's capable of doing, though. So.
0: But it was against the Jets. Get those.
1: Yes. Yes, it was. So... Um, I just, I'm not very high on Odell Beckham. I think he's going to get force fed for a couple games. I just don't think he's going to, he's going to be an asset that cripples your team. You're going to want to start him because he's OBJ and it's going to hurt you more and it's going to help you. Um, Jamal Williams has five receiving touchdowns already this year. It's a statistical anomaly. It would have, it would have tied the league, um, around the league leaders last year already and we're what, eight or nine games in. So he's not going to keep up that pace. He's going to have a touchdown or Uh, regression and it's just not he is in a muddy kind of like i won't call it a timeshare but he definitely is at best like a 40 60 split um and that's just something that i don't think is going to be favorable for tomorrow williams
0: so i I do disagree with that but continue and and i'll i'll add my my two so i just think that alec was looking to essentially do a three a two-for-one or a
1: three-for-two trade because he was tired of not being able – he never was starting Curtis Samuel. He didn't want to start Jamal Williams because he's always starting Aaron Jones. So those are two guys he's looking at like, eh, I don't want to start him. And then Odell Beckham has been a thorn in his side since the day he declared him to be the best – predict the best wide receiver season in five years. So he traded away those three assets to get a guy that he can just close his eyes throw in his lineup, and just know he's locked in. Amari's been one of the most consistent receivers all year. And then he gets Fitzy as just a nice flex play against maybe a plus matchup. So um, I just don't like the trade. Um, I don't really understand it from Ian Kyle's perspective. He's not getting better in any position. He's getting more depth, I guess you can argue, at the wide receiver. I don't think he's getting better at running back. So
0: those those are my opinions. So here's what really pisses me off about the trade i you know I could I could argue about Jamal Williams and I, I agree with most everything that you said what pisses me off the most is you need to understand the position that Alec was in so Alec is smart about being that nice friendly guy but he had to drop one of his players because he had a defense that he needed to pick up he has an empty defense slot right now because he already dropped uh, Danny Amendola, like he didn't even right. want Amendola, like he was doing. He was he offered me a two for one as well so i looked at his team and i noticed that he had too many valuable assets and no defense to pick up he was hoarding valuable assets he over hoarded and has value and he looked to ship them and do some sort of three for two or two for one and then pick up a defense why because he had to pick up a defense if we if somebody wouldn't have traded with him he would have dropped one of those players regardless so let's see jamal williams because He's sure as fuck not dropping Daryl Williams after the hot take he had. He's not dropping Josh Reynolds because he's hot on him as well. So it was between all the players that he traded away and Miles Sanders who still has upside. If Jordan Howard goes down, he is a top 10 running back. Phillip Lindsay has way too high of a ceiling. What does that leave you with? Jamal Williams, Curtis Samuel, and OBJ. He has to drop jamal williams or curtis samuel and curtis samuel has been popping off recently sell high do a three for two improve your team just a little bit and move forward and it pisses me off every time because he traded away someone who was going to be on the waiver wire next week he either trades away players that he's gonna that are gonna hit the waiver wire because he has two clogged of a roster or he picks up bullshit off the waiver and trades it for something valuable that's what pisses me off the most is like Ink, I get that you're you're going for OBJ. It's not just against you. It's just the fact that he's against the wall. He's gonna drop one of his players, and instead, the trade valuator doesn't matter that much. But Amari Cooper is such a high ceiling player. Such a high ceiling player. Almost in my mind, double the value of the entire trade of what Ink is receiving, unless OBJ starts doing something crazy. That he received. He won the trade and. He traded away a player that was going to hit the waiver wire anyway. That's what pisses me off the most. Is yeah. Like, he still doesn't have a fucking defense because he had to drop Danny Amendola, and now he's waiting to pick up a defense. that right. somebody either probably dropped or he's just waiting to add to, to see what happens at the end. So
1: I mean, then- it really is, guys, and I'm talking to everyone in the league here. We had Little Man dead to right. His first two picks were just bust. One of circumstance by uh, Juju, not at fault, and then one of just – um, Ineptitude by the front office and the Browns and we had him dead to right little man was on the ropes And then here comes Walton along is Andrew Bennett to give to um, Trade he turned burrito and mark Andrews in the okay, and Jameson Crowder So he's off the ropes. We
0: pump some he new, keeps uh, doing three-for-ones, man I'm telling you because what happens is all you have to do is pick that shit up off the waiver wait, let it hit one week and then fucking flip it. Flip it, three for one. Why? Because you can't play all three players every week, but that one high-value assets means so much more in fantasy, man. It just blows my mind.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we had him did the right. Um, we went into length about the cup trade. So now Alec went from starting every week, Odo Beckham, Juju Schuster, and a combination of like a Golden Tate or someone else, to his three wide receivers are now Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, and Amari
0: Cooper. The best, the so best wide receiver. He just goes in the,
1: in the. With, with Aaron Jones and whatever quarterback he stream like a Matt Ryan probably now, but whoever, like he is just truly a boom team, and that's just someone you don't want to see the playoffs No of. And dude, Ronald Jones is on his bench. Yeah, he went from someone who, may yeah, he may, he went for someone who may not make the playoffs to a team you just don't want to face because they just absolutely erupt um, and just, you know, explode. So. Um, you know, he's back. He's, he's weaseled his way back into contention, And, um, there's a direct correlation. I did a statistical analysis on this out in your engagement in the group. Me and the quality of your team, there was literally crickets from the Raleigh camp week, like two through six. And then he starts creeping in the group me more. He starts slamming bill openly. And like, he just starts to crawl his way back out. And it's tough to watch.
0: Yeah, no. and I, you're right about the boom. And Philip Lindsay's gonna take Ronald Jones's spot probably. And even if Ronald Jones hits, I swear to God, Alec, if you flip him after you pick him up for thirty five dollars <laughs> and flip him into some fucking bullshit, because the thing that pisses uh-huh. me off the most is he is right with Daryl Henderson. If Todd God goes down, Daryl Henderson is going to be legit. I don't. Think oh Justin God, Melvin
1: Gordon just scored. This is sweet justice. Go have a day, Melvin. I love you, son of a bitch. They I stalk really? that guy's Twitter. I stalk that guy's Twitter. For three weeks. I was like a creepy <laughs> ex-girlfriend. Seeing what he's seeing, what he's liking. Who he's retweeting. Oh, um, my God. I'm, you know,
0: go, do, go do your thing, Melvin. I like it. Um, so. I guess before we jump into the next trade. As we talk about the Chargers. Um, Alex, I do want a public apology. For how much shit <laughs> you gave me. But let me explain why I want an apology. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> George Kittle is respectable. Zach Ertz still has a few question marks around him hunter henry on everyone i listen to and look at is the start of the week every week at tight end why (laughs) because there are only five tight ends that you can start that you are actually confident in he has 11 points halfway four minutes left in the second already has another tutty had 26 points 12 i mean he is a lock for 10 points every week and right now at tight end that is the most valuable like you can't trade tight ends that are valuable anymore because there's no streaming options. They're like, the streaming options are brutal. So please, Alex, explain to me how OJ Howard in the fifth round was a better pick <laughs> was, than a fourth you know, round saying, Hunter Henry.
1: It's even more compounded by how wrong I was on <laughs> OJ on Howard. So I no, I, I said it to you at the beginning, like I owe you an apology. Um, you just gotta admit when you're wrong. And it's hard to defend any 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 action now in hindsight.
0: But um yeah, no, I was wrong. And you rivaled that I, pick with Drew Brees in the six Like you <laughs> like you, that's how low you were on Hunter Henry. Like. Um no,
1: you I was I was wrong. He's he's a he's a good talent. Philip Rivers is like he's like the release valve. Him and Eckler are and um Keenan Allen, what's up, Chris, is paying for it. And I just think that He's he's a talented player and Philip Rivers likes going to him. So yeah, I was wrong. I'll eat Crow there. Um congratulations on your tight end, Ian. Um your team is still bad. Yeah, it's you not think great. James right Williams now. Is good. It's not great so, on camp. It's all right. Um that's actually a terrific segue. Let's go talk about your your top ten running back rest of the season that you shipped off to Tom. Um
0: Yeah, before we before we transition, trade value, just in case anyone was wondering for the metric I use, it's one ninety two to hundred. So uh, it has Alec at 192 and ink at hundred. So it was about a two to one trade in Alex favor. Um, again, doesn't mean shit. It's just a number to try to help quantify all of the names and moving around. Cause you can't, we as individuals don't have time to fucking look at all the schedules and shit. Um, especially with other people's teams. So yeah, we'll move on. Um, Alex, do you want to, you want to break down trade two?
1: Yeah. I mean, trade two is
0: fine. I was just busting chops about Damian Williams. Um, uh, But
1: trade two, it really just was like more of an eye roll. I just – I just, I didn't really think much about it. Um, It's just funny to me that Tom thinks the Patriots defense is still going to be this crazy asset because it's not. Um, And you got – you handcuffed Saquon, which is what you need to do this time of year. Very smart move by you. Um, People don't really seem to understand the value of that. And then you got Juju Smith-Schuster, who is – I mean, literally just a lottery ticket. You're just hoping he can come out and be a shell of his former self, a big Ben. Um, and that's what you want. It's just lottery tickets right before the playoffs and see if one hits. So I like to trade for your team. Um, you were playing Russian roulette every, every week with Damian Williams. You just don't know who's going to be the, the lion's share of the workload there. Um, and he's just not a talented player. They're not financially invested in, in him and, um, Andy Reid has a history of shady. So, um, I like to trade for you. I didn't really think much, much passive, though. I didn't think it was egregious. So. Gives you handcuff, gives Tom a lot of someone to, you know, maybe explode and give him a big week.
0: Yeah. You know? So I will, I will weigh in, obviously. Um, it, this one hurt me, but the more that I think about it, the more I'm happy. It's just obviously now I'm going to watch Damien and see what he does. Um, but I've been waiting for him to have a good game for like six weeks to trade him because he is so boomer bust. His booms aren't bro- even that boomy, Ian. No, but it, I know. But the, it, a, a a nineteen point game or whatever it was, twenty points was based on a ninety one yard touchdown run. So, mm-hmm. and that hole fucking anyone could have run through. I could have run through that with a six five forty time, like. It, Fuck yeah, with those big feet going through it too And no the, one, the thunder no thighs, baby you. The quad father <laughs> By the way, that name, the quad father um, Spears actually hit me up with that one It's a great one So it's a little play on I have really fat thighs and feet um, Saquon's got really fat quads uh, I mean, some people do compare us um, His the quads aren't fat And,
1: and then like the quad father
0: Because I'm Italian Is also like the godfather So it's like a really good play on on what I provide to the fantasy world, but either way, um, I, I fucking hate Damian Williams, man, because here's the thing LaShawn McCoy fumbles in week eight and Damian gets all the touches. If Damian fucks up at all, Andrew Reed's like, all right, we'll go back to LaShawn. Like it's so wishy-washy. I'm fucking tired of it. You can't rely on it. Like you're going to start Damian Williams in the playoffs and you're going to get two points. That's what I was scared of. Like I would rather handcuff Saquon handcuff Mac and just fucking buckle in, just get ready to roll. Um, and then, yeah, Juju's a lottery ticket. Luckily, like, Marco's a – obviously, he is a diehard Steelers fan. And he just kind of gave me some insight as to what I could expect maybe from Juju in the future realistically and kind of made it – made me realize that maybe it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, and in terms of – you know, he, he's watched the, the Steelers every game for how many years. So just to understand – Kind of Juju's role and their schedule coming up is Cleveland, Cincinnati, and then Cleveland again. So um, I really yeah, like. Um,
1: uh, careful with the Homer Homer takes there, um, but
0: I just yeah Juju's got Mason Rudolph around the football. That's the problem. I mean the I I, I agree with that and yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, he wasn't like Juju's gonna pop off, but I was right. I mean. Even Tomlin came out and said we can't throw Jalen Samuel's the ball thirteen times. Like he said that. Like this is like Mm -hmm. any NFL defensive coordinator is going to sniff that out right away next game. So they have to go. I mean, it's like you said, lottery ticket. I'll move on. It really wasn't that great of a trade, Um, to be honest. Tommy said, "Do you want to handcuff Saquon?" And I'm like, "I do."
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And I I I was going to keep the Pats D for the playoffs because they do play Cincinnati and Buffalo and they. Fucked up Buffalo earlier, and they're gonna fuck up Cincinnati. Sorry, but um, it was worth I'll be it at to that get. Game.
1: Thank you very much.
0: It was worth it because Gallman popped off the Saquon, so he's obviously like he is actually a proven handcuff. So good there, yeah, man. Yep. Um, and then last but not least, Spears and Joe. So, Connor Spears receives DeAndre Hopkins, Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray. Joe receives David Johnson, Calvin Ridley, and Adrian Peterson. Thoughts? Yeah, I'll go.
1: I got a lot of opinions on this. So, this is the trade. The Alec one just hits me personally because he is just manipulating the league. But this is the trade that pissed me off the most. Just by past conversation with Joe Lishar, I said it in the group meet. It's like talking to a fence post. So, <laughs> He reaches out to you and goes let's make a deal coach very friendly guy very good guy and Okay, yeah, you have initial discussions. You can't agree and then you ask about players on the table. He goes no no consideration Joe No, okay. What about this guy and this guy? He goes no No, so when you say you want to talk about trade have four players in mind in one trade and if you want to if you don't agree on that the discussion is over so it's, it was just I'm amazed that Spears was able to make a trade with a concrete wall. It's just quite literally amazing. It blew my mind. Um, and for some reason, Joe has been looking to get rid of Deshaun Watson's number one option in the offense. That yeah, Deshaun Watson. That's DeAndre Hopkins quarterback, Ian.
0: Oh, oh, I, uh, you said? I thought you said looking forward to getting rid of Deshaun Watson. No, just getting rid of his asset. He had he had the stack between Hopkins and Watson. in. Houston's
1: defense can't um, guard anyone, so uh, they're always going to be having to score and put up points. So it just kind of shocked me. Um, I agree. I think Spears wins in a landslide. David Johnson is a liability. He could be out for season tomorrow based on how cryptic the Cardinals have been.
0: Yeah. Um, he's routinely hurt, and he is just – Dude, he's aged, much, man. Much, he's got the fucking rust on the tires, you know?
1: he is just He is just a scary – Asset to own um, and Much more risky than DeAndre Hopkins And with the t- Players you already have Joe It just doesn't make sense You had the quarterback that threw to Hopkins And
0: you also And that's had, what you need um, for the playoffs Like a stack like you that You already and have DeHop- a risky running back one That's uh, what beat really- me like, God damn it dude Like When DeAndre Hopkins caught that garbage time touchdown That's a 15 point swing right away
1: Yeah Yeah Um, They call Dan the garbage man slusher, by the way, because that's how all his team scores, his garbage (laughs) time points. Um, But, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Um, AP is going to be – I guess Joe has AP and Geist now, which he just wants all the Redskins. He he had Chris Thompson for a while, so he just likes Washington's offense, I guess. Um, So I did not like the trade, Um, and I'm just tired of seeing trades. Yeah, dude.
0: I I really like Spears' team now after this trade, man. Nick Chubb, Devonta Freeman, dude, Devonta Freeman, and then an injury that goes his way with Stephon Diggs because of Thielen. Then his receiver core is up there with Alex in terms of Diggs, D Hop, and Marvin Jones in my mind. And then depending on the matchup, if if T Y Hilton's back and he has T Y Hilton, D Hop, and Stefan Diggs, uh, that's fucking ridiculous. And he traded to get Kareem Hunt, so he's got the Cleveland running back locked up. It's only if it's a 50-50 timeshare that it really hurts him. So I, I, I think I think Spears also won this trade by a landslide, but only because, like, it, like, I don't know what Joe is thinking. Like, Spears filled a gap for his team everywhere. He needed a slot this week with Latavius Murray. He needed it. He's starting him. And then Devonta Freeman, he's starting, but he needed an ongoing running back to replace DJ and AP. And then D-Hop and Calvin Ridley, he just upgraded. It's like, oh my God, man. Like, Spears, I look at it and I go, damn, that's a good trade. And then I look at Joe's and I'm like, why did he... The Cardinals just spent a second round pick on what's-his-face. Why? I just, I don't understand. Like, yeah, the signs are not looking good. Um... Again, just Joe, this one's for you. Trade Valuator has you at 157 and Spears at 212. So it's it's closer than Romali's trade. But I think I agree with you, Gertz, in terms of I have this more by a landslide than I do Romali's trade because I think OBJ yeah. has a higher ceiling than David Johnson. The only question mark, I think the biggest one of this team because he did handcuff. So Joe did pick up Darius Geis. So I will say that he's got the Redskins run game locked down, which again, it's not a valuable run game, but it's still, you know, it's good to have both the options. Um, Calvin Ridley with Mohamed Sanu leaving to the Patriots. I'm very curious to see what he does for the rest of the year because this is someone that Julio Jones has been like really high on. The Falcons have been really high on And they clearly just made a decision that said like Calvin Ridley is our next guy up. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see. Yeah, so... Yep, that's
1: it. That's that's those are all my opinions on those.
0: Damn, I thought you were gonna come in hotter. I you did pretty much slander a few people, but I thought you were I gonna mean, come in You flaming. caught me you caught me, I'm not
1: gonna lie, Ian, I'm a little I'm a little high.
0: So you caught me in a more uh in
1: a more zen place. If you would have gotten my fire on Wednesday, it would have been much more hot. Damn, well then um,
0: shot Jill just grabbed the bowl. I feel like I should go smoke then, cause I like Yeah, I, I mean yeah I'm, I'm boozing, so it, I'm like, sure. man, I'm ready to roll, let's fucking throw some takes. Right. (laughs) But either way, that's okay. okay. Weed is tight, weed is tight. Um, Well, for your high brain, this will be great, actually.
1: This this will be entertaining.
0: So we're going to transition into a little game. Oh, boy, okay. It's called Guess That Player. So I heard this on a podcast, and I really like the idea. So now that there's some, like, you know, basically, I'm going to list off some stats, some hints, okay? Okay. You are going to get... Three guesses. And I mean, you you should be getting points because you should be competing against each other. But it's obviously better if you guess earlier. So you have to guess the player. This is NFL fantasy wise. All right. Hint number one. This individual is a top 20 wide receiver. And this is all in our scoring, by the way. A top 20 wide receiver this year. Hint number two. This individual – now, this is just full-point PPR for last year because I couldn't get half-point. Oh, Jill is token. I can smell the weed. Um, 63rd as a wide receiver in 2018. Do not look up this receiver. I swear to God I'll know. I won't. I won't. All right, so top 20 this year and 63rd last year. Okay. Can I guess now or should I just wait? Do you have a guess? No. Keep going. Okay. Hint number three, this receiver played nine games last year and actually averaged 13 points a game. Oh, uh,
1: so your three
0: hints are top 20, 63rd in 2018 in total points, but actually averaged 13 points I know points who a it game. is. Do you? Guess. Yeah, it's AJ Green. Wrong.
1: Ah! <laughs> All right,
0: so we got one guess. Oh, we got two left. All right, hint number four. This wide receiver's quarterback is thirty-one years old. Oh my god. Andy just turned 32 and got
1: benched on his birthday, so it's not <laughs> oh. 31
0: I'll give you some time to think through, but I still have oh, I four more is. hints. I know too. who it is. I know who it is. You do? Yeah. Let's hear it. T.Y. Hilton. Wrong. Mm. All right. You have one last guess, so you might as well go through all the hints. <laughs> Alright, here we go Hit number 5 This individual is the wide receiver 2 on his team Hit number 6 The wide receiver 1 played football in college at Northern Illinois University Oh my god Any thoughts? I know, it's kind of tough I wanted to like make it incremental Yeah, dude, I, I just don't know how I am I'm curious to see who out there knows Alright, here we go, but there's still 3 left Oh, this receiver had his best game against Minnesota, which isn't that all-telling, but it was for this year. And then the last two. If you don't know, the last two should give it away. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. One of the only... He plays for one of the only teams to have a tie this year. Oh. Oh!
1: Um... And lastly I don't know the Cardinals. Yeah, is it Kenny? It's Kenny or no, it's yeah, Kenny Galladay.
0: Wrong. Oh. Kenny Martin Galladay Jones, is the man. wide receiver one, boy. Mar- okay, so it's Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Okay. Good job. And the last one he has the most TDs by wide receiver in a single game this year. Mm. Pretty tough right. game. I, I had to give it to you. I mean, it's it's a very tough like it's Yeah, hard it didn't to, go it did not go well for me, but my confidence never wavered. <laughs> you always knew you had it. <laughs> oh man well i hope that i'm actually kind of curious to be honest in the group me if you if you listen to this i want to know how how many hints you had to listen to to get that because uh i feel like somebody's gonna know that like some weird fucker like honestly joe lisher knows every college football player so joe lisher had it at northern illinois i, I bet um, yeah but yeah okay but either way, what the fuck happened to the Browns? I want. I want to go back to the NFL real quick. First. Um, what? I like, don't
1: want to talk about the Browns.
0: I want to talk. I about mean, like the AFC. AFC North in general. Yeah,
1: like the the Browns. I just. I think we st- talked. Uh, the reason I want to speak on more is we spoke about it earlier. The ineptitude of um, Freddie Kitchens is just hilarious. Some of the play calls and decisions he makes. Um, the offensive line gives Baker Mayfield the yips. Also, I think he's out of shape and not a very. Um, not a very hard worker. And then number three is um is um they're a bunch of like headcase. I think I think we're like two more losses away from like Odo Beckham not reporting, Baker Mayfield getting in a fight with the offensive lineman and shoving the strength coach. I yeah. just think we're close to that. So like really high
0: egos that we're ready to kinda like Yeah,
1: so I mean I just think the Browns are just ready to explode. So um I wanted to talk about the Ravens mostly in the AFC North because obviously I just watch almost every game because of Lamar Jackson. This isn't a Lamar um, you know, circle jerk section section. It's just talking about how fun it is to watch a team draft an asset and take a year and build around that asset put an offseason of a game plan in knowing he's the starter all year and then execute it pretty damn perfectly. Um, it's really cool to watch what they did with the Patriots. Just like it's like the new school old old school version of the nfl meaning we're going to be bigger and stronger than you we're going to move you and run the ball but it has this it has this new school twist on it where it's this kind of option with this really agile quick quarterback um and it's a lot of just like misdirection and short passes so um it's been cool to watch a team just put a plan on put in place and execute it pretty damn good and um, they're going to be a problem come the playoffs. So it's been awesome to watch them play. I really
0: liked it. And as an NFL fan, you should just appreciate what they're doing. Yeah, I, I agree. And and this is where I'm actually – I am very curious. So I am like bef- – obviously before I talk to any Steelers fans, someone like Marco, I am really high on the Steelers right now. I think that they have a chance to play the football that they are trying to play and not overextend, and maybe make a playoff run. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but when you look at their schedule, it is not unattainable. Like, they play the Browns, the Bengals, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Bills, which is usually a low-scoring game, and that's the Steelers' style. Like, that's going to be a mud fest. The Jets, and then they end with the Ravens. Like, I could see that Ravens game coming down to the division winner. Like, I just – the Browns have to turn it around. completely. I, I hear you, and, and the Browns might spank the Steelers. I am i don't know, but I just have this feeling that the Steelers are just like with, dude, that Minka Fitzpatrick is popping the fuck off. Like, that defense is actually nasty right now. Like, they're playing filthy. Joe Hayden's playing really well. Like, I really liked what I saw in the Steelers. That's all, the only reason why I wanted Juju was actually not Juju, but just that I think the team is, like, turning it around a little bit. I yeah. know Mason Rudolph's not exactly the best person to throw the ball, but they find a way to win the game. Um, my thought was, and again, not as close, but Michael Thomas was still functional with Teddy Bridgewater. and I want a poor man's Teddy Bridgewater throwing to a wide receiver one. Um, with that's a not go- just a poor man, Ian. That's a homeless man's dream right there. <laughs> no, just I mean, the I'm, dude, dude, the Browns Jackson have been Porter's atrocious game. against the passing game. Like Denzel Ward, that's it. Like, they have been horrible. Like the and the Bengals are obviously horrible. The Cardinals are run and gun. Like the Steelers are gonna. I don't know. I, I I would put some money down. I would take the Vegas bet that the Steelers win the division over the Ravens. I really really would. I would only take it on the obviously the Vegas bet of that. The money line is probably fucking ridiculous. It's probably somewhere around like four fifty, maybe even five hundred. But I would take a five to one bet that the Steelers win um, the division. But I mean. I, I hear you with the Ravens. Like, the Ravens are the clear, clear favorite. They are so good. Like, I don't know. The The, the Patriots also didn't play anyone, man. Like, that's what's hard, too. Like, how can you value – I'm curious to see what happens when when they play the Steelers here um, at the yeah. end of the year. They already played them, but um, I don't know. The team just is kind of finding its identity. Um, I, but other than that, I just want to bring that up because people thought the AFC North was going to be shit this year, and I actually think it's going to be a really interesting division – um, with the Browns not making the playoffs. And I'm a Browns contender. So the last one here is um, contender. I'm a Browns fan. The last one um, of the most important for me is contenders. Mm-hmm. So right now, in my mind, there's actually only four serious contenders, maybe five for the championship. And I'm curious to know if you have the same. Um, I think I alluded to it earlier.
1: I said there's, I think there are three contenders, like three very strong teams. Okay. Um, and one of them might surprise you guys in the three I'm going to pick here. I think I know who your four are, but one of the, so obviously I think the two contenders, um, unequivocally are me and my brother. I just think everyone has kind of echoed those sentiments and yeah, it kind of takes gross coming out of your mouth. I get it. It's a lot. It's a lot of girth, but, I just think they're two very good teams. Chris drafted very well and has managed his team well, um, picking up Darren Waller and the free agents. And then um, McCaffrey has been McCaffrey, and his team has just hes managed his um, team well. I think the Michelle swap was good, too. So um, Chris is just competent. That's why we wanted him in the league. He's been doing fine. Um, I still think the, the house that McCaffrey built is going to fall sooner than later. Um, I don't think he can carry Chris's team the whole time. Um, and then I think the other contenders. Myself, I won't. I won't sit here and talk about my own team. No one wants to listen to that. And that I, yeah, I think you have a number one team. I'll throw
0: that out there. But continue.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah, it feels nice. That felt so good. my soul. I think then um, the last year's contenders. Dan, he's the one I am most scared of. Dude, Dan's um, team. Dude. So Dan's my Dan number is two. The six seed that yeah. went ten and six runs the ball and and can get road wins. He's like the twenty ten Ravens with Joe Flacco just erupting in the playoffs. Um, his team is just waking up. Josh Jacobs is waking yeah. up. Devin Singletary is back from injury, finding his stride, and then his receivers are um, Tyree Kill and Devonta Adams.
0: That's so, insane. That's the best receiver What sack He's been, been able to navigate, family.
1: has been very impressive with the injuries. He's managed his team incredibly well, and he made an awesome trade victimizing Fez, um, which I have um, confirmed with Dan that that was... Says manipulating the outcome of the league this year. Dan will deny it, to his grave. You're kidding me. Wait, might, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? <laughs> I think those two are in cahoots. And I have a damn good reason to believe it. Because you know, Fez you can, isn't talking anymore, dude. He's quiet. Uh, yeah, yep, because he's scared. Um, So that's just my conspiracy theory. That's my conspiracy theory. Fez would based on the things that he had offered to me and you for his asset for net, he, um, i made a lot of comments about it, but he wanted Melvin Gordon. He wanted, um, I can't remember. Shady McCoy. Jesus Christ. And, um, Michael Gallup all for someone for, um, for net. And, um, I said, you're joking. And then he said, please leave my office or some kind of comment, which is pretty witty, honestly. But, um, I didn't think he was going to tolerate trading with anyone. And then he, he gave, um, my friend out away for a loaf of bread. So, yeah, wonderful. I mean, dude, but so, Dan seems good. Dan's got quarterback. Two. He he can't stream a quarterback, um, save his life. But he can yeah, figure I mean, that Phil out. Philip Rivers right team. now has three points <laughs> at halftime, <laughs> and he had a he had a third picky through, but he got it, there's a flag on it. So, um, but yeah, myself, my brother, and Dan are the teams I'm most scared
0: of. Honorable mentions are Alec
1: and um, Spears.
0: Joe, you were not in that breath yeah so I I actually I am right there with you with every single one of those teams um <clears throat> I think that Dan actually has the most upside out of any team um besides yours so that's why I put him at number two in terms of just the the 49ers have given total touches to their running backs between passing and running no less than 33 touches a game like I don't yeah. care if you have two or like um, Roheem Mostert every once in a while. Tevin Coleman's gonna have value every week if they keep that up, um, and then Devin Singletary is one of those like Damien Williams style players, but even better in my mind, just a, a better Damien Williams, like high ceiling but really low floor. Josh Jacobs is super elusive. I don't care what he does against the Chargers today. Um, he's, I mean, he's still the player he is, but he has fucking Leonard Fournette. And DJ Chark, who we'll see with Nick Foles, but Terry McLaurin too. I mean, he just has a lot of upside on his team. Like, if hit his starting lineup will be Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, Tevin Coleman, Devonte Adams, Tyree Kill, and then Austin Hooper, who is one of the only reliable tight end. Like, Dan has a team That's figured a good, out. It's a good team. I mean, he has his team figured out, and it kind of pisses me off. Um, just in terms of you know, I so Spears as well. I mean, I do kinda of want to touch base on the teams here because of the the mix up. Um so once Latavius Murray's out of his lineup, because Latavius Murray is worthless, he's gonna have Nick Chubb, Devonta Freeman, and then D Hop, Stefan Diggs, Marvin Jones, and then T. Y. Hilton, Kareem Hunt, Jordan Howard as his upside. So I like that a lot as well. Um my team, I will put actually right next to Joe's. I think Marlon Mack is a little bit too questionable. Juju's too much of a lottery ticket. And I think that my team started off really hot, but I'm a little worried about the consistency moving forward. I think my dark horse is going to be Julian Edelman moving forward. I know he's a wide receiver one, but he has 20 points a game upside. And then I'm going to throw Devontae Parker in there in the playoffs. So that's, my, that's my one... my one um caveat is that I think Devontae Parker is going to have a nice playoffs. But either way, um, I have to make the fucking playoffs, man. So I think with that, I want to go to my last point of mine, which is that I think I might miss the playoffs. If I lose to Bennett this week, I think I lose the playoffs. I don't think I make it. And I'm fucking freaking out because Bennett gets Kamara and uh, Mahomes back and then after that I play Chris and then I play Spears and then I play Bill to end it so mm. I don't have an easy road and I'm 5-4 and four. if I don't beat Bennett this fucking week which is why I want Hunter Henry to score so bad one more baby um, then I, I think I missed the playoffs I think this is actually my do or die week I really think that um, it just something doesn't feel right in my gut for my my season this year. I just I started off hot. Um I I do have a deep team, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see cuz Ingram's out. Barkley's going to get a lot of touches, but that's all I have for that. Joe, I think I'm right next to you. I think that your record is good, but I mean your points against is ridiculous. I've lost I've lost two games by two points when I'm in the 120s. So you know, if, if you flip that script and I have the points against that Joe has, then... You were in, the
1: in the 130 for our game and you lost. For your
0: game, oh. yeah. And then I was in the 1, in 120 with Dan. So it's like, you know, you flip that game, I'm 7-3 and three with Joe. I don't think that's an indication of how good your team is. I get it that you're happy that you're going to make the playoffs and Joe's making playoff moves. But I don't think that that's an indication of how good your team necessarily is. All said and done, I think as long as you make the fucking playoffs, everyone has a fair chance, and you're all on the same playing field. Um, other than that, I think Gertz. My I for me, I have two big takeaways so far. I love the engagement of the league. I don't know if you yeah. agree, but I think it's still at an all-time high. I think, I think the fact that we've seen more trades this year than ever is not a coincidence. It's not out of the ordinary. I think it's because more people are more involved and everyone continues to try to better their team. I think it's only an indication that our league is going to get more and more competitive and I just don't know how much more competitive it get, can get because every morning I wake up at 5.40 for work and I set my alarm 20 minutes early to check waiver wire activity. Like, it's <laughs> it's to a point where I'm like, how much more can I do? Yeah. But my my two takeaways are that there's the group me gets hotter and hotter. Uh there's <laughs> you're in that, you're stirring shit up. I think the, the, yeah, the group me up. the group me is getting in the group me is getting insane.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed um it's just been a delight it's just a delightful little pick me up on it on like like your content yesterday, the trades yesterday, like that is just filling the day. It's just nice little pick me up. I it's nice to see your guys' names pop up and stir the pot and I'll just shout who, who yells the loudest. Like Joe at one point just got frustrated and had like, he just said like two curse words in the word peasant and got like six likes. People are just you <laughs> know, all, all riled up and it's fun to, you know, jump down each other's throats. And it's just, it's just a really, really good time. I love it. Um, and it's also the most con- uh, contentious this league's ever been in terms of standings. We're going into week Let's see, I'm six and three, that means we've played nine games. Fez is one and eight. Yeah, we're going into week ten. That means we played nine games. Fez has the one win, one and eight. Yep, nine games. So um I just think there's eleven players who can make the playoffs going into week ten and there are no one really knows where they stand besides like there are probably three people comfortable, Joe, Chris, and myself. Um, and Chris is even at five and four. So no, I would not say Chris it. should be comfortable. Yeah, no. yeah. Everyone can make it. Everyone can miss it right now, with the exception of Fez and Joe. If you want to just say that, and
0: uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for the playoffs to start. Me too, because I just I, I need to know. Like I, it's killing me sitting at five and four, and I can only imagine people are sitting at four and five. Um, yeah, and I and will that's say you know, and like,
1: I will be sending a lot of shit your way and publicly. Rooting against you because it is out of respect and fear for your team. If you're in the playoffs, it makes the road a little easier, in my opinion.
0: Well, that, that that helps. I think, dude, I do. I've I have. So I think I do have a little bit of a downfall where actually, um, I've already gone full playoff mode, and I went there about two weeks ago, and I think it already hurt me because I was doing well. So I've only acquired players with good playoff schedules, pretty much. So <laughs> like. Even the nice Jameis Winston on my roster. Like he's there for a reason. Like everyone's got a spot on my squad for a reason. But it's like if I don't make the playoffs, dude, I'm gonna be devastated. But you know, at the end of the day, that's fantasy football and that that's kind of what it has to be. That's
1: right, man. Uh,
0: That's why we fucking love it. Um, I think other than that, I mean, you have the tight race and like you said, how much fun it's been and we are lucky to have it. Uh what what is your what is your warning to the league? I, I don't even know what that is.
1: Yeah, it's my my warning to the league. Um, I touched on it a little earlier, but the warning to the league is if you continue to let a bully do the things that a bully wants to do, the bully's never going to learn. If we continue to let Alec push us around, he's going to continue to get better at it. He's going to continue to find ways to do it and to manipulate his way into being a competitor. We have to stop it. Read page whatever that Bill told you to read. I'm sure it's a good excerpt from the book. And, and stop and stop everything that we're just watching happen. It's sad to see people you care about get taken advantage of. Um, and I just wanted to end. So anyone, feel free to reach out to me if you want to talk about strategies to make sure Alex doesn't win or things we can do to prevent it. Um, day and night, I'm available
0: for that. I couldn't agree more. And I will add, actually, on top of that, because <laughs> Alec Romali, he, I think... Dude, he's in all of our heads at this point. He is in my head. Because I think back to where he is telling people what he is doing to manipulate people so that they focus on that form of manipulation. Like, he had a different trade tactic and kind of ascension tactic last year, and he switched it completely this year. Like, I think he actually like thinks about, like, like basically switching his tactic year over year on how he's going to make his team better throughout the year. There is
1: nothing – there's – we all know Little Man very well. There's nothing he does by accident. There are no accidents with Alec Romali. There are just little nuggets dropped, little caveats, if you will. See, but Alec, his, you, Alex, Alex, you even saying
0: nuggets room? shows how much he's in your head because that's his word, not <laughs> yours. That's an Alec Romali <laughs> Dude, word. Like, that's got, what I'm saying, man.
1: There. There's a lot of there's a lot of space there. Not a big brain. A lot of space to set up a beachfront property. So he's got a nice spot there, but. Yeah, I'm just happy that we're in the thick of it, and I can't wait to help, regardless of your teams, um, how good your team is right now, I just hope everyone stays healthy, no more big injuries this year.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, at this point, people have made so many trades that, like, everyone's so woven and interconnected that if somebody goes down... Like, somebody's going to be really happy because they traded that person away. And someone's going to be really, pit, like, super pissed more than right. if you drafted them because you just traded for them and traded away your healthy pert Like, that's why, like, Juju and Damien for me is a safe trade because I don't even need to start it if I don't want to. But, like, someone like Spears who, like, if his player gets hurt, like, Devonta Freeman goes down this week. Dude, I I would fucking punch a hole in a wall. You know, like, that's right. where it – because – you would have had a healthy player if you didn't do it. So, I'll end it at that. I hope everyone else also stays healthy. Um, it's going to be a really good rest of the year. But Gertz, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I think that that's pretty much all I have. Do you have anything else?
1: That's it, man.
0: All right, that's cool. all I wanted to say. So I appreciate you having me on for the
1: emergency podcast. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, emergency is a little understated, but or overstated. But I think that it's definitely um. I think it's understated. Oh well it, it I will say it is most definitely warranted after what we witnessed today and <laughs> the manipulative dude, what's great is you bought a book and it still didn't work, man. I don't know what else we have to do.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll paint a picture next year. I don't know. Right, more personal. We'll
0: figure something out, but all in all, peace and blessings and uh good luck to you to the rest of the season, sir. All right,
1: man. You too.
0: All right, see ya. Alright everyone, have a good rest of your week and uh, go Hunter Henry. Syracuse scored 30 points this week against whoever, Virginia. And uh, we miss Jerry McNamara.